You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 447. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our journey with season one of the Fox series Fringe. And, uh, you know, we had fun spending a little bit more time last week with our what we're watching list, uh, obviously out of some necessity. But, uh, yeah, regardless, it was fun. Yeah, it was nice. Do a little change of pace. Yeah. Not, not um, so bad. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll keep it brief tonight uh we've got a lot to talk about with this episode of fringe um yeah i'll go ahead and start off our what we're watching i finished my rewatch of babylon berlin and and i don't know when the last time you've seen it you you just saw it once right uh no i think i watched it twice oh okay because i don't know if you remember you get to the end of season three which is you know where it stopped and like wtf what the heck is under that grate in the street and what the hell is just going on so uh come on season four uh, you know they still haven't given us an actual uh, return date looks like the first half of the year maybe but i also finished season two of the witcher and my reaction there is Geralt, forgive her already again wtf come on (laughs) What's the problem, dude? Yeah, some of the uh, overly dramatic stuff in that. I mean, there's a lot that The Witcher has going for it that makes up for some of the, yes. the crap that where you're just like, this doesn't even make sense, all right? I mean, she's hot, too, so, I mean, oh, you know, that, that kind of would ease the forgiveness process, you'd think. It would, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I also checked out the first episode of the sci-fi horror series that dropped on netflix not too long ago i don't know if you've seen it in your feed called archive 81 yeah i think i actually added it to my list because it keeps netflix keeps annoying me with it you know so So, i I like the first episode it was pretty good so i'm certainly gonna return to it i mean it's got a lot of elements i don't know if you remember that movie back in the 80s called videodrome i think it might have been cronenberg yeah i think it was david cronenberg yeah um, so it's got some elements of that, and, and you know, so far, so good. So I'm, I'm going to keep up with that. And, and then finally, I mentioned Vikings Valhalla, which is the Vikings spinoff that's going to drop on February 25th on Netflix, so that I finally got screeners. I'm going to be covering it for Den of Geek again, and I've seen the first three episodes, and dude, I, I think you're going to really like it. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm know, so sure. <laughs> yeah, well, as, you know, as, as sure as I can be, as uh, I'm going to like a TV show, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like. Yeah, Vikings but you just Valhalla. never know. I mean, I mean, you know, I had my doubts about Last Kingdom, even though you know you kept telling me you got to watch it, got to, and then of course once I started, it was you know burned right through all the the seasons. It's not going to take you long to forget ragnar and the lothbrook sons and all of that and hey they were great but i'm I'm really digging it a lot so so we'll see i mean the writing has been pretty good so far the the production values are what you'd expect from a vikings series and as i said in one of my reviews uh, you know I, as i watch them i write the review uh to get it out of the way because you know, with Netflix shows, Den of Geek wants to dump them all. You know, not right. not all my reviews at once, but you know, several a day. Is it too early to call it a franchise with only two series? Uh, I don't know. Well, but, I mean, I uh, think once you get the spinoff series, then yeah, you can call it the franchise. I think at cool. that point. All right. Well, what are you watching? Well, I want to start off with a brief statement of my annoyance with TNT and their 
spoilers that they're dropping in their trailers for Snowpiercer, which usually I I skip all the you know all the the stuff like as soon as the episode ends I shut it down. You know I don't want to see anything about next week or two weeks after that or anything. But somewhere I there was a like a kind of commercial slash trailer for Snowpiercer, and in it there's a character who at this point we believe to be dead. So if you're going to pull that BS, which obviously it's a major character, so we don't believe that this character really, like at least in the back of our mind, we're like, you know, they might not be dead. It seems unlikely, but, you know, are they really going to kill off this character, right? And then you're sitting there watching just like this season on Snowpiercer and boom, the character's in one of the scenes. You're like, oh, okay, well, there goes that. That's pretty well spoiled. So, I mean, that's just, I don't know, that's BS. Well, Archive 81 does that with their trailer because I watched the first episode and I said to my wife, hey, you know, let's watch the trailer. Tell me if you think you might want to watch this. And we're watching the trailer and like a minute into a two-minute trailer, I'm like, wait a minute, I I haven't seen that. I don't want to know that. And I stopped it right there. So, yeah, I don't get it. It was like with Dark. I'm, I'm done with trailers, I think is what I'm saying. You know, with Dark... When we looked at the trailer and, you know, there was a pretty big spoiler there. Like, you know, something happened that, you know, we because we saw the trailer, we knew it was happening before it happened. You know, that just yeah. pisses me off. That's yep. just, just a bunch of shit. So anyway, um, so that's my, my beef for the week. Otherwise, I watched the movie John Dies at the End. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Never even heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's I, I mean, I liked it. Um, I think because you loved Evil Dead 2 so much, you would probably like it too, Dave. Okay. Um, because it, there's a lot of like, it's very trippy. You know, it's like funny action, but weird stuff. Very postmodern. Uh, really cool movie. Likeable characters. I, I liked it a lot. But I, I, I don't think it's necessarily for everyone uh, because it is kind of offbeat and weird and like very, a lot of very kind of evil dead two type things happening in there. Um, that again, like a lot of people look at it and say that sucks. And then people like me look at it like that's amazing. So, um, but it was good. It's well worth it. I'm just going to mention these shows because I've I've had them on my list like for like a month now, and I'm just going to get well. Actually, I'll probably leave I'll leave Book of Boba Fett for next week because uh, tomorrow's the the finale of season one, so I'll talk about that later. I'm just going to drop name drop Cobra Kai season four. You know, watched it pretty much because my daughters and my wife are into that as well. So basically, we watched it in like two three days. I think right when it came out. And, you know, while there is probably a lot of very legitimate criticism that people can level at Cobra Kai, they'd be absolutely right in their criticism. It still is just a pretty enjoyable show. Though I find myself many times saying, where are the adults? How come there's, you know, like there's this one scene, these kids, it's in the middle of the school day, they run down the hall, they go into the library, and they start beating the hell out of each other in the library. I'm like, where's the freaking librarian? (laughs) You know, like... He's How, editing a this? podcast. What do you mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, what's what's going on here? This is madness, you know. Um, 
So it's just like kind of crazy. Yeah, the one season, there's a big fight, uh, a school-wide fight, basically, and kids karate chopping each other, you know, in the in the hallways and throwing each other into trophy cases and stuff. It's just like, come off it, you know? Like, the, the, the cops would be all over this, like, uh, uh, 10 minutes after it started, so... But still, just uh, it is an enjoyable show. I, I have to be. It's a guilty pleasure, uh, but uh, you know I like it. And so, you know, if you liked seasons uh, one through three, then uh, you will most certainly enjoy season four. Though you will probably like me, still find yourself awkward. You know, just blatantly slapping your head, saying, "How how on earth can that be happening? It just makes no sense." So, all right, sounds good. Let's get to fringe. Episode 8 of Season 1, titled The Equation, written by J.R. Orsi and David H. Goodman, directed by Gwyneth Horder Payton, and aired November 18th, 2008. So, you know, a couple of things right up front. I mean, we get a timeline reveal in that it's three months after Walter's initial release from St. Clair. So, you know, we have a sense of how long the team has been working together, and, and I think that that is good because it gives us a an idea of what to realistically expect from you know say peter and olivia's working relationship um you know how how far uh, astrid has come in you know her importance to the team uh, i find it a little strange that walter and peter are still living in a hotel however and it's not even that nice a hotel i mean it's not like it's a you know flea bag hotel or anything like that but it is very cramped, and, and as Walter it's points fringe, out, it's not end, a well-funded division, you know. Like I, I guess, but we get a cool guest star. I mean, I you know I didn't recognize her at first on the rewatch. I'm assuming you did, right? Because you're a big yeah. Community fan. Yeah, Jillian Jacobs. Well, you know yeah. what? You say that, but I didn't realize it was her. I just like I said, man, that that. That that character, that that actress looks very, very familiar. I looked up as Jillian Jacobs. I'm like, oh yeah, wow. Yeah. I mean, it was actually probably not too long before uh community started up. Right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, um yeah, I guess it's just the dark hair that kind of threw me off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so we see the theme of obsession on a singular task in this episode, and of course that's something we've grown to view through walter you know quite a bit but i i think the the single most important aspect that is still just haunting me no matter how many times i've seen this episode and it's one of the the opening scenes where they're at the fbi office and olivia's carrying a honey dip donut as if it's you know about to explode she puts it down as if she can't get rid of it fast enough clearly she didn't take a bite out of it i mean that's clearly got to be important i mean what does it mean dude i don't know i didn't even <laughs> you didn't notice it i didn't notice that at all i took oh. zero notice of that sorry man oh <laughs> uh, i mean she's car- uh, seriously she's carrying it, 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 it like it's I don't radioactive or something. And, and it's like, well, okay, a, why did you pick it up off the uh, buffet table or did somebody hand it to you and and you didn't want to be rude? So you took it any, I don't know. Anyway, on the one hand I joke, but on the other hand, that's 
you know, you can go you back and look know. for it yourself if you, you never know, guys yeah. haven't seen it. But, uh, you know, two main storylines, the abduction of Ben and then, of course, Walter's return to St. Clair's. And that opening scene, I- I'm thinking like, OK, Wayne's going to love creepy kid in the back seat. <laughs> uh, first of all, we're out of Massachusetts, not by a lot. We're in yep. Connecticut, Connecticut, a.k.a the state I have to drive through to get to Massachusetts. Exactly. And he's in the backseat composing complex music. Dad's driving through a rainstorm and he checks her engine, you know, or he sees a stranded woman in, uh, I think it was a Mercedes, if I'm not mistaken. And he gets out and, well, I don't know a lot. I mean, again, who's going to pop the hood in a driving rainstorm I, and, I would be like you can pop the hood all you want i have no clue how to help you i'll call a tow truck for you plus i've seen too many movies you're an attractive right. woman it's raining you want me to look under your hood f that no way this is definitely something sketchy going on here right and, and then i think he says well transmission looks dry <laughs> and i'm like what what like, <laughs> like yeah like, okay <laughs> So yeah. we see your level of automotive knowledge is, is sky high, right. but it's uh, the honey trap, man. You know, like an attractive yeah. woman, like you know, just like oh, let me help you out, man. <laughs> but but how do we? I, I guess you, one of the things in this episode, there were a number of scenes where I, I just don't understand how we got from point A to point B. How did she know he was going to be traveling along that road? why was she so convinced that he would stop to help her? Because, you know, again, if you've got a child like Ben and, and, you know, we learn what his history has been, I'm not sure if I'm dad, I'm stopping. Uh, You know, I've got a phone. I'll call it in as as he does. He calls it in right away. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that makes me a bad person for not stopping. Well, this day and age, dude, you know, like, yeah. Because you have the cell phone, right? You have the cell phone. Like, I, I right. would almost assume that, <clears throat> you know, if you're pulled over, you've got a cell phone, you know, call some. It's not like back in the day when if you your car broke down or something, you know, you were sure. screwed. Like, you you had to walk to, the, uh, like, some place where you could call a tow truck or, or whatever. I remember one time I was, I was driving down 80, 83 into Baltimore. And I broke down right just – it was during the day, but just before North Avenue. And you know, if you're from Baltimore, you know North Avenue is not necessarily not a place where you want to break down. You yeah. want to break down at, at all, even the latest, even the, the least. And I had to, like, walk up the the exit ramp or the entrance ramp to North Avenue to go to a gas station so I could call someone, you know. And But everyone has cell phones nowadays, so there's no need for anything. There's no need to stop, really. So yeah. probably you should. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, but, I but get it. But, but again, it goes back to how did she know all of that was going to transpire? So uh, regardless, we see the green and red flashing well, I mean, lights. We just assume the, she's a planner, right? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like she's worked this out. Right. Um, so then we see Olivia interviewing the father who who gives us the backstory of Ben and, and the accident and the brain trauma. And, and that is something we've seen in other shows and it is kind of a cool uh, i think story detail somebody's in an accident they they come out of the coma and they're able to do something 
they couldn't do before. So I'm okay with that. And there is, I think, reasonable evidence that that sort of thing does occur in real life. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and you know, the, the haunting tune that he's playing – you know, I, again, I thought it was pretty cool, but I also then like the the fact they discover okay, this has happened before, but they were always adults with this skill. And you know, again, and I'm guilty of this with my wife all the time, where I'm trying to explain something, and what I've learned is, hold on, let me just get a piece of paper and and I'll I'll draw whatever I'm trying. Oh, to Oh, you don't mansplain like that, do you, Dave? No, no. Well, you know what? For us, it's always like um, where something is. I'm like. Okay, you go down 140 like towards your mom's yeah, and you right, make a right. right and, and she's like, well, wait a minute. And I'm like, all right, stop. Let me get the piece of paper. Um, so <laughs> not really mansplaining, but, uh, gotcha. but I like the dad says, you know what? It's easier if I just show you. Right. And pulls out the DVD. And- yeah, the DVD. Like, you know, like I, I was, that, that was one of the first times I was actually a little shocked to see someone pull out a DVD. Yeah. Though I still have DVDs and still buy DVDs. So, but right. still. So, you know, once they identify the woman as an MIT educated neurologist and here we are with MIT again and of course Peter lied his way in although I think I, I think we come to learn well no I guess I shouldn't spoil it not a huge spoiler but I guess I won't say it and clearly he could hold his own at MIT yeah uh, well he, he did a couple semesters right yeah yeah, yeah. Like, well, there's even something else that I was going to mention but uh, yeah Gonna hold off, going. but right. but supposedly she died in a car accident ten years ago. We found the car, but no body. So I think as, as we get through this episode, we have to start wondering whether or not this you know quest that she's been on for the last ten years has something to do with her car accident. I mean, we don't learn it, and it doesn't appear as if we're going to learn it because uh, no, she gets she, killed she at get, the end yeah. of the episode. Well, Mitchell. Mitchell Lowe, yeah. um, back up to his devious actions. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I I really like the way that story unfolds with Ben being held down in the dungeon of a red castle because we're not really sure what's going on. I mean, what, what were you thinking, you know, if you can remember back the first time, because it had been so long, I didn't remember the first time, you see his mother's face start to deteriorate. Yeah, well, I mean, there's just so much weird stuff on Fringe that it's almost like you kind of just accept something like that. And like, all right, well, I mean, it's not like the first time someone was dead and then was back in the show somehow. Right, and Um, and that's what I'm thinking, but without really being able to explain it, of course. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, there's no explanation I can come up with, except for I'm sure they're going to come with some explanation. But as it turns out, it looks like she's you know, somehow manipulating his brain, projecting hallucinations into his brain with this, you know, all these wires and electrodes she's got hooked up to Ben. Right. And, and that's what I find so cool is that one, once we get that reveal, and it's not a, a completely overt reveal, it, it's almost easy to miss if you're not really focused in on the episode, because as you said, once we see him with all the wires on his head and and what we learn from uh, Walter's friend that's in St. Clair, okay, that's what happened. And as you just said, she's projecting the scenario onto Ben. Now, 
how she is able to project (laughs) two women. Well, I guess that's part of the software she's using or however she's doing it. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly what's happening. And we, you know, we see the, the, I don't know what kind of keyboard you would call it, but touchpad sort of creepy touchpad. Yeah. On you. But yeah, you know, so I really like that. And apparently that's what she did. Uh, Why can't I think of his uh, friend in St. Clair? Dashiell. Dashiell. So we assume that that maybe she projected Dashiell's wife, you know, almost maybe giving him a second chance at uh, not bashing her brains in (laughs) for whatever reason. So uh, No, I think he he killed his wife after he... Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That, that's right. That's right. So whatever um, but, she showed him just really messed him up. You know. Right. But but for Ben, it's about finishing this song, and you know we see that she's got his sheet music, you know, taped, you know, on these, you know, it's not on the wall. Well, maybe it is. Whatever. And it's like, did you ever think about it in this? Uh, order he's like no and you know of course he he tries to play and i think he might make a little bit of progress but but you know no and uh, of course as he gets upset and then you know the whole thing's like you know if you don't do it your mother's gonna die again so oh my god yeah yeah you are a ruthless woman yeah well you know it's just like in sports you know yeah the kid's saying oh i'm really thirsty i need water he's like Keep running, you know. You just they just need to be pushed a little bit more. They, they're fine, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a joke. But, but, I'm not, I, know, didn't mean I know, that. I know. Uh, but but of course, we're just wondering what's so important about finishing this piece of music. Now, you know, once we get that tie into Dashiell's equations, and of course, Peter makes that great leap to, uh, you know, assigning arithmetic values to musical notes which which of course is a thing and and there have been composers that compose mathematically but you know still i thought that was a pretty big leap but you know again he's an mit uh former mit student but uh yeah well mick jagger went to the london school of economics you know yeah i believe the the lead singer of uh, men at work was also a math professor so yeah, well, and then the guitar player in Queen is, uh, I think, yeah. has a doctorate in astrophysics or right, something Right, Brian like that. May, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, Olivia is talking to Peter that, well, we, you know, we really didn't get anything out of Walter's exchange with uh, Dashiell, uh, you know, just some nonsense about, you know, Dungeon, Red Castle, and we're, we're like, Olivia, turn around, turn yeah. around, it's right there. There's and, over your shoulder. I see it. <laughs> right. And it's one of those things that's like, it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, you know, what I thought was weird that they didn't, that they thought, ah, we didn't get anything. Like you said, oh, Red Castle. We, like, because they were able to narrow down, like, the, you know, the basic location, right? So if I heard Red Castle, I'm like, hey, is there anything there? Like, my first thought is, is there anything that looks like a Red Castle in the area where we've kind of narrowed down our search to? Instead yeah. of just saying, ah, we didn't get anything. Oh, I mean, right. I mean, Red Roof Inn, Red Robin. Oh, yeah. But then if I go if I go Red Robin, then I'm going like cheese biscuits, and then I'm like, then I'm done for. So uh won't go there. I don't know if they still make them or not, but they were awesome back in the day. Really? Um, but anyway, L- Olivia gets in there, and, and fortunately, she takes reinforcements with her. Um, yeah, for but, once. 
Yeah, but Ostler has fighting skills. And, and I did read that this was the first fight scene for Anna Torv, who, who plays Olivia in, in the series. And that, you know, it was really kind of a, a, a breakthrough for her as an actor and, you know, how she, you know, really spent a lot of time with Jillian Jacobs working out the moves. And again, in retrospect, it was pretty well done. I mean, you understand TV shows don't necessarily have a huge budget, even if you do have J.J. Abrams at the helm. And uh, you know, still, I thought they did a really good job with that. And the fact that the woman uses the red green lights to get away from Olivia was, you know, again, a nice touch. And mm-hmm. we're thinking like, okay, she's going to be out there still. That's, that's cool. You know, keeping a, another um, villain out there. Of course, uh, Mitchell Lowe has other ideas, right? <laughs> but, and then of course, Walter returning to St. Clair and, and it, it's, you know, I, I would say it's easy to miss how big a deal this is, but you got to be pretty dense to miss it. You know, yeah. I mean, because it is such a big deal. Well, and that's why it's so. Like again, I mean, that's the Walter is just continually evolving character, right? And you know, like we know he, like the last place on Earth he wants to go is is back into that place. But he says, "I'll do." He's like, "I don't want to." But I'll do it because it needs to be done, you know. And that just is really kind of goes a long way to seeing a, a separate wrinkle in in Walter because we haven't really seen necessarily much humanity, especially recently, in Walter. You know, um, you know, we see the guy who's kind of you know doddering on the one hand or single mindedly pursuing some aspect of science on the other. Um, and here we see him, you know, making, sacrificing himself, you know, making a hard decision to help the team. Yeah. And when we counter that with still scenes like in this episode where he just screams out, I think he calls her girl, where's the remote? And Peter's like, whoa, 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 Walter, chill out. It's right here. I mean, it's one thing calling her every name that begins with A under the book, but again, you talk about the humanity, and, and as you say, he's still evolving, and you know, we, we now get a time frame that it's only been three months since he's been out of St. Yeah. Clair, in which that he That scab spent is not healed yet. Exactly. 17 years, and and again, the guy that's the director is pretty sketchy himself. and Super you sketchy. Know, and and Fred brings that up in his feedback. So, yeah, there, there's a lot to to be concerned with. Um, we constantly, it seems, every episode we get a story about a project that he worked on. And he, as he tells Peter, oh yeah, I was working on this mind control project. And Peter's like, oh, for the military? No, ad agency. Yeah. <laughs> Get people to buy their product. But uh, apparently people don't like to buy products that make them sick. So uh, it didn't work. But but as Walter said, didn't think of the colors. We were just flashing lights. My favorite. I, I don't know how it can't be almost anybody's favorite scene. But he says, yeah, Peter, come here and let, let's test it out. No, nope, didn't work, Walter. And then Astro comes in, hey, what's up, Chachi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fred mentions it too, but that line, what's up, Chachi, just as she's walking by, oh my God. I was, oh, that was so funny. 
Right. And then he's like, what did you do, Walter? He goes, you did it, not me. <laughs> and yeah, you see yeah. Peter still holding the scissors. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just perfect. Um, but, you know, once he agrees to go back to St. Clair, and, you know, as you said, it, it, it's so poignant when, you know, Peter says, see, he, he doesn't want to go. And he says, no, I didn't say that. I, well, I don't want to go, but I will go. Right. And, and also he's like, does it ever occur to you that you guys talk about me a lot as if I'm not here? Right. So, so you know, it's almost like, and it's mostly Peter, although Olivia to a certain extent, talking about him, again, as if he lacks agency, which, of course, we could argue he's got to regain that. And I think he would agree with that as well. But he has earned a certain level of agency. And, and again, at the end of the show, it's like, I want my own room. That's that's my ask at this point. Right. So, you know. Well, you also get a feeling because what is it? something makes him kind of realize that, you know, that he is an imposition in, on, on Peter's life. Oh, when he sees all the people in, in the, the in, at St. Clair's, right? Yeah. He's, he, he's like, oh, what must it be like to be around me, you know? And I, so I think that at the end, he's like, he he's, wants his own room. That's definitely a statement of him desiring his own agency and some of his own space. But also, I think a realization that Peter needs some space, too. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that Peter's reaction to that question, is this what it's like to talk to me, is to just kind of brush it off and not even mention it. Because it's almost a rhetorical question, and, and Walter understands that. But I think we we know that that for both father and son, it is a step forward. Because you know, for Peter, it's his father acknowledging that I know it's tough to take care of me, which he you know has been doing to a to a large extent. So, yeah. So there's a lot of development in this episode. I mean, it's easy to just see this as a crime of the week episode, and 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 there is that feel to a lot of the fringe episodes up to this point. And I guess you could say that's understandable. We're only eight episodes in, you know. But once he gets there, I don't know about you, but but you know the 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 dread that I'm feeling as Walter walks through that door for the first time is that something's going to happen and he's not going to get out. And and of course that is what happens. Right. Although it's only overnight, but, but still it's, and you know, on, on the one hand, it's easy to criticize Olivia. And, and I think there'd be some justification to criticize her for asking Walter, to to do this and i guess you could say that well walter made up his own mind and i love the fact that that's peter's reaction at the end when when she apologizes so i I think that says a lot about their developing relationship because i'm not so sure a month ago peter would have reacted the same way that that's absolutely true yeah no i don't i don't i don't think so either you know that again as you said that we see a lot of their relationship evolving with you know, Walter gaining, a, or at least, you know, having a, a bit more say in, in the direction of how things have gone. Because, yeah, like he says, it's always been them kind of talking about him when he's there, deciding what he should do or, 
you know, telling him to do things. And it's really, he's been kind of at the beck and call of Olivia and, and Peter, and again, not to, to judge them for that or anything, but yeah, you're absolutely right with that. And on the one hand, it's Walter's involvement in all of these cases that has enabled him to make all of this progress, not only intellectually, but socially as well. And I guess we could argue that the the social aspect is lagging behind, but, you know, he was probably never that great socially, even long before he went into St. Clair's. Right. But you know, he, he finally uh, connects with Dashiell, and again, he's not so subtle, but he also understands, we can't forget, he's only got 15 minutes. Because I, I, I thought right away, it's like, Walter, kind of ease into it. Take your time. Don't, don't jump in. But then I remembered, he's only got 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, all hell breaks loose. Walter gets sedated, which you feel like that guy, I forget, Dr. Sumner, I think. It's, yeah. He was just waiting for an excuse to inject Walter. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he, he's super pissed and, that, that Walter isn't in there. And you, you get a feeling, even though he couches everything he says in terms of medical concern for Walter, um, you know, we really get the, the feeling that he's just pissed that Walter got out and he wants him back in here where, you know. Yeah, and I kept wondering why Olivia, you know, she brings up the court order and the obstructing, you know, criminal investigation. I'm thinking, why don't you just tell him you're going to arrest him and take him out in handcuffs? Yeah. Let's, let's see how he reacts. Yeah, that takes care of the problem. No so, one will tell you no at that point. Right. Now, I'm not an expert on law, although I do watch a lot of criminal shows on Netflix. <laughs> um, but anyway, but then we get that scene, which obviously we're going to talk a little bit about it in the spoiler zone, when he's in his room uh, and he sees himself standing there in, in different clothing and, yeah. and, you know, talks to him a little bit and certainly wondering, okay, um, has this experience sent him back to you know a hallucinatory time that you know led him to St. Clair's in the first place and and I think that's a reasonable uh, or, or is this that. a new hallucination which is probably even trippier yeah so regardless we don't we don't get a lot there but but certainly it's it's uh something to be reckoned with at at, at this point but uh uh, you know, anything else about uh, either storyline or anything we haven't talked about you want to bring up? Uh, yeah, I guess just the one thing is that the Dr. Sumner or whatever, you know, threatens to to get a, like a court order to take Walter out of Peter's custody. And, that you know, we see an edge of Peter that we not necessarily haven't before. He's like, you have no idea what I'm capable of, you know, and that's just like. You know, yeah, Peter, go on, man. You know, like, you know, not we 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 we've seen evidence that Peter can handle himself physically, but to kind of really proverbially, proverbially yank your junk out and just say what's up like that. I was proud of my man, Peter. I like that. Yeah, are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? He he didn't say away. <laughs> so, all right, uh, you want to get to the final scene? before we get to the spoiler zone sure because the final scene is is pretty critical to the series and, and, and yeah the, the story arc you know we see ostler 
meets Mitchell Loeb. And, and of course, as you alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, it's like, oh, we're not done with old Mitch here. And they're going to test the equation because apparently Ben finished the song. I mean, we don't see it, but uh, that's the only thing that makes sense. And, And basically what this equation enables him to do is to pass his hand through solid matter and pull the apple out of this lead-lined case or whatever it is. And, you know, she's like, dude, that's great. Yeah, well, not for you, honey. Yeah. And kills her. Ben and dad get reunited. Kid seems to be changed for the better, but we're left with, okay, wait a minute. Again, she would have been a great character to keep around, but. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever. Uh, But more to the point is the significance going forward of being able to pass through solid matter and and i'll just leave it at that um right we 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 definitely see that something big has happened here we're just not sure exactly what right and as we said before when we saw that scene uh with Loeb and his wife when he was in the hospital and their connection to david robert jones okay you know because he he calls somebody and says it worked we don't know who he talks to, but we certainly can surmise, although Jones is in a German prison, so he probably doesn't have a phone in his cell, but whatever. So Yeah, you never know. Uh, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and then we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe Season 1, Episode 8. In last week's podcast, you said it was a crucial episode in which the story really got on speed for the red line story within Fringe. But I didn't see it that much. I had more a story of the week feeling. But now I see that this Mitchell Loeb is again here with this experiment at the end of the episode with the apple. I could see that this would be a major storyline for the next few episodes or perhaps for the whole season or even beyond. Of course you saw that already last episode but as a first time watcher the story of last week also could be a story of the week story. It's a pity that he killed this uh, Joanne Osler played by Gillian Jacobs. I like her as an actress but obviously she is gone. And then we have the story of Dr. Sumner, so the psychiatrist in uh, St. Clair's, uh, and what he all has to say about Walter. I think there are quite some secrets about Walter to discover. I thought, where do I know the actor who plays Dr. Sumner from William Sadler? But he played President Alice in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., And I think that Peter was completely right that Walter was very brave to go back into St. Clair's. And it looked very awful that he uh, had to stay there for another day, not knowing if he would get out or not. I think it was a little weak about the dungeon and the Red Castle. Of course, we all knew that it would have had a meeting. And then, of course, the big question is, what is this Walter II Walter sees? Just an imagination or real? I think hallucinations play a big role in this episode. We also see it, if, for instance, in The Boy Ben. 
I assume his mother is not really there and doesn't suddenly start to bleed, etc. Who is causing these hallucinations? Is that this Joanne Osler? Is she able to give other people hallucinations? Best and funniest scene of the episode was, of course, when Walter brought Peter under hypnosis and he cut his sleeves off and didn't notice that and was accusing Walter of, did you do this? And Walter just said, sipping his coffee, no, you did. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. All right, Fred brings up the doctor and, you know, as we were saying a few minutes ago, I don't think anybody trusts Dr. Sumner. And and I think it's legitimate question to wonder whether we're going to see him again, whether we're going to see St. Clair's again. You know, on the one hand, that would imply that there's that, that danger of Walter going back. Right. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned a couple minutes ago his threat to Peter about revoking his, you know, guardianship. And does he have the power? And, and, and you know, I, I mean, the guy says to Peter, all right, Homeland Security, I don't know how you pulled that out. It, it, it's like, I don't know who. You just Dr. said Sumner Homeland has. Security. Like, that's how he pulled it out. Yeah, right. So <laughs> clearly, Peter and Olivia have some heavy hitters in their corner. So, right. uh, you know, are we going to see Walter back there again? I mean, certainly we hope not. And and on the one hand, that would be going to the well. You know, we went there once, and it made sense, and that's fine. But I think we should be done. I can't remember if we are, to be quite honest. But we should be done totally with St. Clair's. We're not. So, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah. well, we, we I think I would, even the first time I saw this, I probably got a sense of, they're going to come back here, but just with all the development they did with the doctor and his threatening to revoke Peter's guardianship and things like that. Yeah. Um, what else about Fred's feedback you want to bring up? Well, I was just the the, the guy who played the doctor. I I can't remember his name. I had it up on IMDb, but he's just been in tons and t- he's like that guy that's in one episode of just about any series you can think of. So you know, because like when I saw him, I'm like, ah, oh, I. I've definitely seen this dude before. What's he in? And I looked him like, oh, he's in about a million things that I've seen. And I think a lot of times he, he plays a, uh, a, a antagonist, uh, to say the least, uh, of unsavory uh, behavior and personality. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure you Fred mentioned, you know, how the kid is seeing what he's seeing. So, you know, Fred, I'm not sure if you made that connection that, that, She's got him wired, and she's somehow, you know, planting those visions, you know, in his brain. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know the exact how she's doing it. but Because it's not possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least Talk now. to dead people, but. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's get to. Well, Fred mentioned, uh, like, the scene with the, the sleeves and everything. So I'm just saying, Fred, um, I don't know how popular Happy Days was over in in, uh, in, in the Netherlands. But the reference to Chachi was Scott Bayo's character in Happy Days, and he he always had uh, like a sleeveless sweatshirt on was his kind of thing. All right, well, let's get to the spoiler zone. And as we say each week, if you have not seen the entire series, stop listening now. 
unless you want to be spoiled. And of course, there are those people that read the last page of the novel first. So it's, you might be one of them. But whatever floats your I, I boat. Mean, the I mean, the first thing Walter sees himself in the cell. Yeah, that's what big. are you thinking? Well, Walter did. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not Walter did, but they are clearly setting that up. There is another Walter out there, um, and we're gonna we're gonna meet him. I can't. I don't know if it's this season or not, but we're definitely gonna, he's gonna play a big part in the series. You know, and the Walter that appears in his cell is so Walternate. Right, I mean, he he's got a completely different demeanor than the Walter Bishop that we've come to know in, in these three months working with Olivia and his son Peter. So, you, well, there's it, also the, is, the. I'm sorry, go ahead. My bad. No, I mean, is he remembering his counterpart? Right, because so. he did watch Walternet quite a bit before he made his move to steal Peter, right? Right, right, sure, exactly. Um, he also could be remembering his former self, right? Because remember, like the Walter that is that we see is not Walter Bishop before he actually physically took out part of his brain. Right, sure, exactly. Um, you, you know, the other thing, Walter agrees to talk to Dashiell to save Ben, who's been abducted, you know, is it because he knows the trauma that he caused when he abducted Peter from the other universe? And and while it's easy to not care about the other Walter, but of course it was devastating for his wife to, to lose right. her child. And not that it wasn't for for that Walter either, but you know, it's almost like he, he doesn't want to, but it's almost a way to absolve himself of this crime that he committed. I mean, you know, really, it, it's really a horrible thing that he did. Yeah. Oh, and, ab- absolutely. And 100%, you cannot miss, upon rewatch, the, yeah. this, you know, the fact that this is a father who's lost his son and that this is what seems to really, really trigger Walter. Yeah. And of course, he can't tell anybody. So, you know, for for those of us that know what's to come, we can really be there with Walter. You know, you know, even though he's gonna just by definition have to be alone with his, you know, past at this point. What about that experiment, though? Uh, passing. Uh, through solid matter you know i mean i know this has to do with the the alternate universe um, well, well i'm thinking jones escaped from prison isn't that how he gets out of prison i think so yeah 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 he he he, he literally walks through the wall right so right. um you know i i guess is this the precursor now like you said you mentioned in the other universe and and uh, you know did the where did this technology you know, where did it come from? And, and, you know, all of that is an amalgam of, you know, science from both universes. I, I, you know, I can't remember that to be quite honest, but, uh, but But we we really see them stepping up with the freaky stuff that is going to directly relate to the overall mythology of the story here. Right. Right. You know, for I, I guess from here on out, it's going to be more or less X filish in that you know some episodes will have more of the mythology than others, but that they'll pretty much always be something 
that right. you know lays the groundwork for well, uh, and that was that was so great about what fred i, I love like i it's almost like i wrote the script for or we wrote the script for what fred said because you know the the previous week's episode he said to him that that was a monster of the week one whereas we were like oh my god there's so this is so pivotal for the rest of the series but if you're watching for the first time you, you don't know that, right? You just—it's sure. just another, you know, conflict of the week and everything. So I thought that was great how he said that. That was that was really good. And there's like almost when you, you know, you wish you could go back and watch something for the first time again, you know, because that yeah, to that first experience with something like Fringe is just like magical, you know. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to bring up in the spoiler zone? Well, we we find out that uh, Olivia took oboe for six months. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's going to be an important detail. Um, and, and it does give us, uh, you know, the idea that, hey, she can crack a joke, uh, you know, when right. it's called for. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great joke. But no, I mean, but know, it, like, yeah, it, was, really. it was dry. Uh, um, uh, I just saw something that, oh, oh, uh, Walter uh, singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat to himself. Oh, okay. In St. Clair's, right? That was from, that's a shout out to episode one there. Right. Walter gets back, sees the hotel. He's like, this place is filthy. Did you have a party when I was gone? <laughs> yeah. No, Walter, I didn't have a party. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, he probably did get a good night's sleep, though, but didn't have a party. Yet, so, um, yeah, just, uh, it's another uh, Cracker Jack episode. Uh, I loved it. So, okay. Well, we will leave it there. Um, you know, I... I mean, at least A minus for me. I'm saying um, I'm thinking A minus. Do we go? Okay. okay. Do we go A plus or full A for? Last oh no, no just full A. Just full. Okay. A. Right. Okay. So, so we can't. I, I don't want to keep grading up like that every week. So we'll give this. This was a, a really good episode. And Jillian Jacobs. I mean, that's yeah. all I got to say about that. Yep. So. All right, well, we will leave it there. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe. Anything else going on in your sci-fi world? Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Email Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Sci-Fi. <laughs> you got it, man. You can do it. <laughs> I can do it. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. And we'll be back next week to talk about Season 1, Episode 9 of Fringe. But until then, yeah, I don't really do Twitter, Dave. So I'm just going to share my to-do list with, with you and with all of our, our listeners, or both of our listeners, whatever. Um, so here's my to-do list: uh, bark like a dog, dance a jig, wash the car. <laughs>